Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined of Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, Chris Miggs, Jimmy Fax, and what we just talked about for the last 15 minutes, too hot for the podcast. Will it show up somewhere? Maybe. I hope. I mean, My dad that is be- some, some nice bonus content for somebody. I'm really glad we recorded that, and I'm also kind of glad no one's going to ever hear it. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying, if the podcast ends around 1.15, and you notice, this shows that there's still 10 minutes left. Mm. Maybe scroll ahead a little bit. You might get some treats. I mean, you might just always want to do that, right? You might always just want to go. I mean, we'll give you a little time. Five-star review. Get enough time to get that in. And come back for some some hot content. Too like hot limp- for iHeartRadio. Like it's a Limp Biscuit album in 2000. You know, you got to wait. You got to wait. There's a bonus track in there somewhere. That's right. That's right. And, the, that, and, and, and our bonus track is also just Fred Durst yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the bonus track on chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I think it was Ben Stiller yelling at Fred Durst. That sounds right. We're not getting okay. Stiller. I, I do know that, that I remember my, like my youth, First CD I ever had, I was enchanted by the bonus track on Dookie, you know, Green mm. Day, the third album, I think, maybe fourth. And but like the, the the one that took him to superstardom and and that bonus track has some similar subject matter <coughs> with this hot content we were just talking about off off air. So there could be some any Dookie lovers definitely want to keep an ear out. What was your first uh, first compact disc purchase, Chris? Ooh. Uh, I think, I think the first one might've been the bodyguard soundtrack. It's a classic. Nice. nice. I mean, just a Whitney fan or. I mean, it was, it was very popular. Yeah. I, I like me some Whitney and that was, it was a very popular album at the time. Um, I think there were also, there was definitely some Michael Bolton early on. Love the bolt. Um, we I think we were in different directions. Cause again, I actually, it was for me, it was green day dookie and, smashed by the offspring i got them both the same day i literally i get it was it was like my birthday i think or, or crisp and i i literally got a boom box my first cd player boom box and i got both albums it was a wonderful day i listened to both of those albums seven thousand times well i think what happened in fact so again because we're about this we're about the same age and obviously those records i was talking about came out earlier i'm assuming you just stole your brother's michael bolton cds yeah, or or he would have the full system, so I could. I didn't have a CD player, right? Until I had the. Right. So I would just make a tape copy. Mm, of, of course. He'd even remix it a little bit, you know, and not like remix because we didn't have that. But but maybe I'd, I'd put a couple of tracks on twice, you know, just because I knew that they were they were real bangers. And then uh, yeah, and then I could listen to it on on the cassette player I had in my stereo in my room. You gotta hit time, love, and tenderness on repeat. You just you just gotta. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's the other thing is that I am, you know, negligibly but the oldest person of, of the the core four of the podcast. So I might have had the most extensive relationship with buying albums on cassette. Because mm. I had I had quite a collection of that. That's uh I couldn't even tell you the first albums I, I bought the cassettes for. I don't know. I remember a matchbox uh matchbox twenty cassette pretty early. I don't know, I had a ton of cassettes too, but no, there was definitely like a lot of soundtracks. Soundtracks were big for me. 
Very, I mean, well, you're a movie guy, and also soundtracks were a good deal in the sure. '90s because you got a lot of different people on it. You know, the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack <clears throat> still filled with bangers, and that was my first compact disc. Oh no, there's a bunch that are, and, and I'm totally with you because like the, the kids these days don't get it of like how much of a gamble it was to buy a whole album of a band or an act you hadn't heard a whole album of yet. Because, yeah, you might get something that's like, oh, my God, this is even better than I thought from the one song I know. But as somebody who, you know, let's see, I owned a Chumbawamba CD, right? They told you to steal that one. Did you steal it or did you buy it? I I think somebody got it for me. I I had. Hopefully they stole it. I had Jamiroquai. That's an album. That's an album I had. So you'd get you'd get burned. A solid 60% of the time, I feel like. I mean, I told you guys last week about owning a Kid Rock record. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I you really made a face at Jamiroquai. You know that he wasn't part of the January 6th Capitol riots, right? Like, that wasn't him. Uh, well, was it not him, or is that just virtual insanity that uh, <laughs> is fooling you? You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Also, hey. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you guys. Not only, by the way, it is my birthday, but just as we recorded, I think people that heard last week, Aaron Judge's 60th home run as we were recording. Very exciting. Has not hit 61 yet, but the Yankees just won the division. Listeners probably wondering why the hell is Fax talking about this on the wrestling podcast. It means that I, Garrett, am 100% have no conflict of interest in going to Atlantic City to see Nick Gage against your boy the the leader of team mdk nick gage that if the yankees didn't win the division they didn't get this by they'd be playing a game I, I don't know what i was gonna do now the yankees definitely won't be playing i got my ticket i'll be there in ac god damn that honestly that might be my world series mm-hmm. you know uh mox versus gage two gage coming back from from some uh, some hard times Looks like he's in good shape. And, I'm ready to see him kill John Moxley. Although, and but now we have, and we're gonna get to Grand Slam, right? We've this got world champion John Moxley. So we, for a while there, we were all talking about like, well, clearly based on the caliber of the opponents that were challenging for GCW, plus the fact that he was the AEW world champion, it really seemed unlikely that those guys were gonna beat him. Gage, okay, he's the the level of guy in GCW. Gage could absolutely beat John Moxley, but. Now that he's again the undisputed champion, just took out Brian Daniels and clean as a sheet, is presumably going to the pay per view against MJF. I think that the result of that one's up in the air again. I mean, yeah, he's got I, his career on the line. That's the problem, though. They've announced title versus career, and now Mox is the AEW champion again. Because of CM Punk, <laughs> murder that kill might end. end. Like this, CM Punk fucked up more careers than he realized when he uh, when he ate those muffins. Well, that's the thing. the The rumor, I think, there's the rumors going around. I don't know if it's been validated that there's a buyout going the Punk's way. That there's not going to be any kind of like legal action. They're kind of going to do it above board. They're going to buy him out, but he he's essentially going to get fired, but still get a, a good amount of money on his way out. I wonder though if the, maybe he's not reading the fine print. That like some of that money just goes to a Nick Gage pension since he <laughs> had to retire him. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever they take off on the buyout for for Punk, it just goes to Nick Gage. 
because TK is just a good guy, you know. The, well, okay, so Grand Slam. You were there, Chris. Back, I was there. You did not rent the Rascal. I did not rent the Rascal. I, I watched live at home uh, and I watched Rampage, but I yeah, was not there in the building. So as far as Arthur Ashe Stadium, I've got some questions. <clears throat> sure. So, shoot. So this is normally a tennis stadium, correct? Correct. Yep. US used, for, used for three weeks out of the year. That is it. It is empty the rest I, of the time. Well, they, I mean, they, they do a couple of smaller tennis tournaments, but like... It's pretty much the three weeks of the U.S. Open plus this one night of Grand Slam are the only nights that they're even at a quarter capacity, let alone sold out. But that's and that's to be clear, that's using the stadium. Obviously, there's the grounds are very big and there's tennis courts that get used for like yeah, just people US. renting them and whatever. But the actual stadium, it, even then, actually, it's really two weeks because the first week of the Open is um, qualifying matches and they don't use the stadium for that. So it's really two weeks a year they use that stadium for like 12 hours a day and then it just sits empty except for when Tony Khan rents it out to to do this. But Michael Bolton isn't coming there to do a show. No, but he should and that'd be amazing. <laughs> well, there- it is Yeah, it's the weird thing with New York City, right? That there's just like so many different venues and it's just kind of so random what is where. So, like, there's all these concerts in, like, another stadium in Forest Hills, Queens. Which was the old U.S. Open Stadium before it was replaced by this in the late 70s. Although the, this stadium is is not as older, is much newer. It's in, like, from the, like, late 90s. But basically they moved it out to the Flushing Meadows in the late 70s. Um, so that, that stadium also was just sitting empty for a long time. And now, just in the last five years, they decided to do concerts there. Wonderful concert venue, by the way. If you can go yeah. see a show in Forest Hills, it's delightful. Other than the fact they've got benches instead of actual chairs. So just get seats on the floor, I guess, or stand or something. Would that have been the, the venue that in Seinfeld, George was eating the ice cream and ended up on TV at the tennis match? No, well, that would have been Forest. That would have been uh, the Ash, old yeah. stadium. No, it wouldn't have been Arthur Ashe because it wouldn't. Have, Arthur Ashe hadn't been built yet, but it would have been Louis Armstrong at the at the. Oh yeah, yeah Louis yeah. Armstrong. Okay, so I guess I have never been to a. Tennis <laughs> and that's a that's a tennis history, guys. I ever. Wait, sorry, that, that's the tennis history of Queens. Of Queens, just just where Queens I grew up. One borough of New York City. Uh, so let's move on to the Bronx. Um, <laughs> So, okay, I've never been to a tennis tennis match, mm-hmm. but I assume it's pretty fancy people at those. That's, that seems like a sport yeah. for the fancy folks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And but t- tickets normal- are pretty expensive for those, yeah. What's the normal concession stand like at Arthur Ashe for a U.S. Open? So, so that's actually the interesting thing. So last year, we were in the upper level, and basically our options were hamburgers and hot dogs. That was basically the only option. The lines were exceptionally long. Crazy. This year, downstairs, better options. There was some barbecue. There was some pizza. I had a um, a Korean like barbecue bowl thing that was kind of delightful. Um, they're not they're not super fancy. The super fancy stuff is actually in like a promenade, and they don't open that up for wrestling fans. Mm. Yeah, but they if don't. you go if if you go to see like the the women's semifinals. You're that promenade. They have like a Ralph Lauren there. They have a place where you can buy jewelry. You can buy, not making not making this up. You can buy. I forget which car company. I think I want to say a Lexus, maybe a BMW. You can literally buy a car there. And then yeah, a lot of fancy as shit food. 
because the fancy people aren't going to eat from the stand. They're going to so eat at those places. Yeah, if I'm there to see a Williams sister, I'm also getting a charcuterie board. Charcuterie okay. board and paying $47 for a, a gimlet. Ooh. Right. But if I go to pro wrestling, they're like, all that shit's clear. Here is some nachos, you sloppy bitch. Don't go near our, our Rolexes. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fair. And that honestly, that's kind of what I expected, but I do think it is funny that they're like, we do have this food, but we see you. And, well, we and, I, think that, and I think that that's partially why this is becoming an annual event and it's going to stay around this time of year. Right. Um, because maybe they make it a pay-per-view at some point, if not a rampage, but it's going to be around here because it's clearly like they have to get all this shit ready for the U S open. When it closes, they're not going to like keep it open for two more months for Tony Khan. It's like, Hey, can you come this one Wednesday? And it's like, take it or leave it. This is your one day because it's like, we haven't sold out the shitty hot dogs yet, but we've had enough time for the, the Lexus people to get the fuck out of there <laughs> before your gargoyles show up. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be one a year. And I bet AEW actually loves it, by the way, now that the troubles they've had with like MSG and elsewhere, because they've really, A, it's a bigger capacity and they've really made it their own. And it's become this kind of very quickly and just only two shows a year apart. It's become like a legendary venue of AEW's young history already. And it's kind of an incredible wrestling venue because tennis, right? You have a relatively small floor space and every, all the seats are sort of angled towards that floor where the ring is, right? There's no other stage. There's no concert setup or baseball field setup. Everything's angled towards that. So every seat's a really good seat. The seats on the lower level, which we had this year, were excellent. You're really close to the action, really great view. But even if you're in the upper level where we were last year, again, really solid. Again, other than the fact that you're kind of a little bit high up um, because there's like a couple of levels of suite, which by the way, we checked, they will not sell those to wrestling fans. I, I literally was like, hey, can I purchase a suite for this? Because I know a lot of people who are going to go to the show. Maybe we can. And they're like, no, we don't sell those for wrestling fans. They just don't want us in there. They don't want your stank on their seats. There's some yeah. special well, seats I, up there. You're going to leave a stain. Well, I, I think our plan is we've now got, you know, 51 weeks. We start really, really sucking up to MJF. He clearly was able to get himself a box. Right. He's got that kind of power. He's got that kind of capital. We got to just really suck in, try to get good with him. So maybe he he invites us to his box next year. Hey, we're the first, I'm the first person whose mouth he spit in on a camp on camera. So um, it's, you know, he mentioned that in his promo last week, he was like, these people would open their mouth if I spit into it. And I was like, we have the recorded audio evidence if you go to the best there ever was and go to those all in episodes, MGF spits in my mouth. That's that's amazing. Um, what was so on TV? It looked pretty packed. What was attendance wise? Did it look well? well it looked cool? really packed it? until the Ricky Starks match, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, it was pretty good. So so the the stadium holds if you if they packed it all in, I think it would hold something like 20,000, which I think is close to what they sold last year. This year was less. I think they sold like 12,000, but really it, up until you got up to the very, very top, um, it was pretty packed. And uh, I'm sure from the angles on TV, you were not seeing the very, very upper reaches of the stadium. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was crowded. 
Um, good energy in the crowd, I thought. Uh, I, th- yeah, the crowd came off great on TV. Yeah, they had very little and the, very little, very short dark elevation. They just couple matches. But they sent out Santa, uh, Ortiz to get a big, you know, sort of Queens pop. Um, but other than that, they were like, all right, here we go. <laughs> like just uh, b- very light warm up and then straight into Dynamite and, and Rampage. Just the way I like my sex. <laughs> just let's get light straight. Warm up. In yeah, light, light, light warm up. <laughs> if there's an injury due to lack of warm up, we'll, we'll settle that later. Don't touch it too long or it'll all be over. We got to just. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, so I'd be interested in both of your guys' take. I know what my opinion is. So, what was your take now, as as someone who's who's was physically there for both of them, this year's Grand Slam and last year's? Um, what did you think going in? Did you feel this one felt bigger? Did you feel it felt not as big? And then, kind of now coming out now that you've been there, you know, how would you compare the two experiences? That's interesting. I think this. Second one felt a little bit less big just because it wasn't the first time they were doing it. Um, I still think the anticipation for Omega and Danielson made that feel bigger, even though kind of top to bottom, this was probably a better show if you were going like kind of blow for blow with it. Um like the women's title match was better. There wasn't the weird Cody match. There wasn't the terrible MJF Pillman. Like I, I think on the whole, this show was probably better top to bottom. But last year was just such a big like Danielson and Omega was such a like moment um, that that's still going to probably like hang in my head a little bit longer. Um, but this year was also, I mean, like, we got to see the acclaimed win the titles, which was very exciting. Match was not as good as Chicago. <laughs> Yeah. Um, nor was actually, I would say the crowd was very hot here, but the crowd in Chicago was so loud. I actually tried to start a whose house, daddy's house chant, which, which happened in Chicago and, and people would not get behind that. Um, they would not go for it. I got a couple laughs on it though. Yeah. I, I think I could see how it would be really big in person. I do feel like as the f- fan watching on TV, it definitely didn't feel as big as last year. It still felt like the biggest show on free tv since last year um but also if i had gone to the pay-per-view in chicago i'd feel pretty fucking ripped off watching this where i'm like i saw a title match that was immediately negated i saw the acclaimed win the hearts of everyone but not win the title and these fuckers and queens are the ones that actually got to see the big payoffs for this stuff so th- there is a little bit of that. Like, I remember watching it, like, after watching specifically the Dynamite, and I hadn't seen Rampage yet, I remember going, yeah, I this was great, but I'm feeling a little bit weird and conflicted because it kind of feels like we just had, we actually just had the pay-per-view that was supposed to have been a month ago. So, okay, it's what you were just saying with the acclaim in Chicago being bigger. How often, or can you think of any matches where, like, obviously going into that, I don't know that they anticipated how big of a reaction the acclaim were going to get in Chicago. And I know a lot of people said they should have called an audible and changed the winners, like, mid-match. How many matches do we know of that they've done that, like, for a title? That's I, Is that... I, I think that's one of those, that was one of those things of, like, we we as people watching are like, yeah, you should just call an audible. But like, seriously, 
right? I mean, is that how that I, really does not happen? You know, I doubt it's ever happened on like a pay per view event, right? Meaning that it's modern enough that it was a PPV super show. That said, I think that the the more rational argument is it wasn't like while it was a surprise how over the acclaimed was. It was not remotely a surprise that the acclaimed were far and away very over. Like, again, we were at that New Japan show, Forbidden Door, and already people were very in on the acclaimed and they've been getting bigger and bigger pops every week. So I do think there's a fair argument of why do you put the acclaimed in that match if you're not ready for that reaction? Do you, I mean, do you think that the plan in Chicago was acclaimed loses? They go to the back of the line. They're just a very exciting mid-card act. And do you think that the Chicago crowd got them so, so over that they changed plans and gave them the titles anyway? I think it's possible because I think, look, I mean, again, we don't know what the booking was for this before for the, for Grand Slam, but it does seem to me like maybe they went, yeah, we should just do this with the acclaimed. Like, let's not fuck around and let's not. You know, maybe they thought they were going to go to the acclaimed a couple months from now when they did something else, or maybe maybe even six months from now or something. But yeah, I, my guess is that they were not thinking this was going to come back right away. I'm not going to lie; like, obviously, going into Dynamite, I, I like everyone thought the acclaimed was going to go over. As soon as I saw um, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve come out in the new matching outfits, I was like, "Huh? Did they literally get matching outfits?" just to job i mean granted they were in the nicks colors and they did talk about that on tv that it was nicks and mets colors um no love for the islanders by the way whatever um that's why you know mjf's better than these people um so that kind of made me pause because normally when they do things with like trunks like like when miro put the tnt title on his trunks like three matches before he won the TNT title. Usually they, they do it and they play it up in storyline of like the confidence of these people. But it did seem like with the swerve Keith Lee, it seemed like whenever they brought the title, they were going to immediately start feuding with each other. And I don't know that that's the case right now, right? Yeah, I think they might. I mean, I think they might let that play out a little bit. I do think there's a chance that Keith Lee versus swerve is a match. We get it full gear. Although part of me, again, I- I'm not really that interested in that match i'm interested in both those guys separately but i almost just want to see them just do that match on tv and then like get them on to the next stuff oh see I'm, i think that that actual match could be amazing i the thing i bet it will be great but i'm so much more excited to just see keith lee get to start going against some of the top of the roster guys those are the yeah. matches I want. Like in my mind, Keith Lee is a top guy, and I think him losing the titles to the acclaimed doesn't feel right to me. Like the acclaimed, like there is no match I am excited for the acclaimed to have. Like I, yeah, I but like are you them. you a little excited to see the hot scissor in? You know, that's nothing. A, but yeah, but I'm here for the wrestling. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't know. Like I'm. I like watching their entrances. I like the promos they do, but I'm not excited to see them against anyone. I will say one of the downsides to this match, I think, relative to Chicago is that in Chicago, they get the heat on Anthony Bowens and Anthony Bowens was an awesome Ricky Morton. Yes. This time they got the heat on Caster. That was not as good. If If Anthony Bowens is Ricky Morton, 
Max Caster is like if you combine like Robert Gibson and PN News. Now, to be fair, if you told me that I was going to enjoy the work of someone who combined Robert Gibson and PN News even a year ago, I would have told you you were crazy. But, and I enjoy him, but get the heat on on Bowens in the the future. Just let him be the guy that gets the heat. You can also throw in a sprinkle of his, his, his ass daddy. Mr. Ass, mm. I mean, he was the one getting the hot tags in a lot of those, and and I, I see a lot of Mr. Ass and Caster. I do. Well, that's what I kind of look at. Um, it, I don't know. I look at the acclaimed as like the New Age Outlaws. You know, they were never like the top tag team act, but they were like solid mid card. Were they oh top? no, they were the top guys for a while. Oh, I mean, yeah. for that year, yeah, they were top. They were the top guys. They were they were the top guys for several years consecutive for years. Yeah, I mean, like, and it wasn't the even attitude close. era. Yeah, yeah, really. Late '97, they get together in late '97, and basically from like, yeah, early late '97, early '98 well, until like, well, it's early 2000. It's literally over. It's it's WrestleMania. It's them against Terry Funk and Cactus Jack, and then the next night, Triple H forms the new DX, right? And literally that night, they became the number one tag act, and I don't think they relinquished it for two to three years. What the fuck? I don't, I have no memory of this. That's funny. Um, I, in my mind, I remember them being very big and everybody being excited, but I never remember them as like anything other than. Like, yeah. Again, just in the attitude era until like 2001 or so work rate didn't really matter. Right. Like it was like we loved our Brett, but it was like, again, you got to remember the peak of the attitude era in WWF in particular is like. Brett's gone. Sean goes away. That's when the attitude era just blows the fuck up. Right. It's like it's the rock. It's Austin. It's Triple H before he could really put his working boots on Taker way before he was putting his working boots on. The actual matches weren't very good for most of that time. Yeah, from a work perspective, if you're com- if you're com- talking about the New Age Outlaws and the Acclaimed, like Bowens is like number one. And c- frankly, Caster might be number two. But yeah. those guys were those guys were over, and it's a little short. I mean, I think they were done by mid two thousand. I think at that point, it's like Road Dog and like X Pop for a bit. It's weird. Like it, it's, yeah, I, think, Ro- I, I think they like peak very quickly, and it, it doesn't last forever. But there's at least a full year. Where they're by far the top guys. Road Dog keeps the tag teams overness, right? Because they kind of Billy right. Gunn's doing his own thing, and Road Dog keeps the catchphrases and stuff like that. And he's still like an upper mid card guy, even though he has absolutely no right to be there, just because of how popular they were as a team. But guess, again, all because of the catchphrases. Yes. Yeah. I guess looking back on either WCW or WWF. I don't look back and think about the tag teams. I'm thinking about singles guys. So I get, yeah, it's but again, even until, till like 2000, 2001 in either of them. And you probably remember big names in main events, wrestling really bad matches. Like well, on both sides, like, like the tag teams I'm remembering were just like two big singles guys tagging for a while like the rock and sock connection or something like that, a right. tag team that probably didn't last the outsiders, but a couple months is yeah. something that I remember more than DX having this run. Well, yeah. And it's 2000, right. When they, I mean, you get to 
Dudley's Edge and Christian Hardy Boys. Right. Even those, I mean, if you go back and watch. And even in WCW, by the way, Jersey Triad, give them some props. Even WCW was having some pretty good tag matches by then. He Who Shall Not Be Named and Dean Malenko were a great team. They wrestled Eddie and Ray. Oh, not Eddie. uh, Ray and Kidman. They wrestled uh, Saturn and Raven, which is a pretty fun team for a bit. And that's like 99. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's some fun stuff in there. But but even I'm saying, even the Edge and Christian Hardy Boys Dudley's run, we love – everyone remembers the stunt matches, but the matches in between are not great. Like the like week to week tag matches are are fine, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But but speaking of so so Garrett, if you're you're right now, you know you're 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 down on sports entertainment. You're you, but your dick gets hard for real wrestling. So what's your take on Chris Jericho, Ring of Honor World Champion? It was a matter of time. <laughs> How many years have we been waiting for Chris Jericho to be able to beat Bandito? on tv i need i need to see him beat some of the top indiacs right now weekly on my television i would by the way i just saw there's big lucha mx is a promotion that does shows out of a place that's literally called bandito's gym and it's because it's bandito's gym uh and bandito by the way won their first ever world champion and that was one of the first things i thought is him and jericho Got to make it happen. Big, big Lucha world champion uh, versus the ROH world champion. I want Jericho to beat all the ROH guys they've got left. You know, let's let's see him against Jay Lethal, uh, him against Dalton Castle, who got a really nice pop at Grand Slam. But but not just, look, he looked really bad. Just physically, he does not look like he belongs in a wrestling ring anymore. His back is pretty fucked, I think, is the issue, unfortunately, for him. But I'm saying, like, it was, like, I was like, ugh, Dalton, I don't. I love you, man. Yeah. Can we get him on commentary or something. Just, he's but that's talent, but but that's why we got to feed him to Chris Jericho <laughs> to build Jericho up. <laughs> that's what Jericho need. We got to we got to rehab Jericho. He beat Eddie Kingston two months ago, but he didn't beat John Moxley, so we got to build Jericho back up. That's right. Yeah. And he did lose to Danielson in his last match, too. That's right? true. That's true. Two whole losses for Jericho in like a month. I mean, needs a lot of rehab. Yeah, you keep throwing those losses at Danielson. I mean, I, guys, I, guys, we just solved it, right? How do you end a title versus career GCW title match? Somehow Jericho gets in and wins the whole thing. And somehow <laughs> that invalidates the premise. Because if, if, if Moxley doesn't beat Gage, his career's not over. I will say, I was thinking about this because, like, you know, they do these quarterly ROH shows. And I feel like there's a non-zero chance that they could do final battle if they do a final battle at Hammerstein, right? With Jericho headlining? That's what I'm saying. If we're, we're like, at at Hammerstein pounding, I mean, normally we would be drinking, like, double Jack and Cokes. But maybe we'll drink Jericho's vodka thing for his, his his benefit um but if we're drinking yeah, those and, and chris jericho's you know coming out at hammerstein ballroom to main event an roh show that would be hilarious and I, I i'm in for that i would even acknowledge and accept some streamers from streamer guy yeah <laughs> i'll go take some from streamer guy i will go to streamer guy and get some for Jericho. i will i will venmo streamer guy ahead of time to reserve some streamers from him I think Streamer Guy's mom shows up for that one, and she flashes Jericho. Oh, 
there's no doubt about it. She's showing up, right? She doesn't miss an ROH show at Hammerstein. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially, I mean, sometimes she lets her son go alone. Like She's like Mittens, but not, sometimes she's more protective than Mittens' mom. You know, she'll go. She'll go. But for Jericho, definitely. So I'm trying to think, who do we think is the, the most Ring of Honor guy to fight, face him in the world? Like, of, of somebody that could be, because you don't want to be Adam Cole, right? Because he's, while he's very Ring of Honor, he's obviously gone beyond that. Kyle O'Reilly, uh, I think mm-hmm. of as a Ring of Honor guy, but most people probably associate more with NXT at this point. And his neck is pretty fucked up at this point. It's going to be a while, I think, for O'Reilly. Yeah, again, Jericho matches don't necessarily need to be that physically intensive. Um, I mean, Jay I mean, Roosh, Ring of Honor, right? Like, it just, does this build to Jericho Jay Lethal? No. No, let's be clear about can't that. Be, no. can't be Jay Lethal. Maybe, maybe, like, Jay, or Jay Briscoe. Ooh, Jericho versus Jay Briscoe, and then put who's the Mark against Samoa Joe for the TV? I that I always feel like that's what you did is that whenever Jay was in the main event, Mark challenged for the TV title. Yeah, so. or Mark against Daniel Garcia. Ooh, pure title. I, I yeah, I'm be good to see the Briscoes more. I do wish that TNT would allow them on on there i don't know though i kind of love the briscoes this briscoes um indie run like the fact that i got to see Br- the briscoes in deathmatch war games was that's kind of a delight i Did mean honestly see- i think that they could sell out like a hammerstein sized venue and get i don't know how many ppv buys they got last time but that same amount if just every quarter we just got Briscoe's FTR, they just like that was just always the tag title match, which is those two teams. Did you see that that Warrior show took uh, Briscoe's Lucha Bros away? Oh yeah, see, because that's the answer. Because if they, if they took Briscoe, and and for those who didn't see, AEW told Warrior Wrestling not to do Briscoe's versus Lucha Brothers, and basically it sounds like compensated them to not do it, which tells me that's 100% going to be an R on an R wage pay-per-view suit. Right. Is that match mm-hmm. never happened before? It's never happened. Man, facts. And I went to deep Queens to try and see that match recently yeah. a few months ago and Phoenix was still hurt and they did not tell us that in advance. And <laughs> we got Briscoe's against uh, Penta and Aries, which was fun. Still but, fun. um, Seriously, uh, screw HOG for not telling us in advance when it was sorry, pretty clear that Ray Phoenix was not going to. To be fair, they literally forgot to have someone taking money at the door. Right. Yes. So if you didn't have a ticket in advance, there was literally no way to pay for your ticket and they just let you in. So this is the kind of operation we're dealing with with them. And to be clear, you said it was Pentagon versus and Pentagon team in with Austin Aries. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Aries, the Mexican guy. Yes. Okay. Okay. Not Aries, the the asshole. Right. Penta and Austin Aries sounds like a team from like some like a a, a Battle Bowl episode of 2018 Impact. <laughs> that, that I 100% watched and fell asleep during. Speaking of impact, Bobby Fish. Oh, the Bobby, fish man. Oh, the fish man that owes. My one-time nemesis. That owes facts a pair of underpants. That's right. He uh, tried to get everybody to leave AEW with him. <laughs> Shows up on impact. Well, clearly he and Triple H have a great relationship. Um, 
He was heading straight to the top, guys, you know. Well, you know what, though? it's You guys are the ones getting worked because I, I had heard he's going to get into a kickboxing fight with CM Punk. <laughs> That's what he said on Frightful or something, like Fightful. I was oh. thinking about this, Garrett, because Bobby Fish showed up on Impact this weekend. And also at the tapings, apparently the next day, Alley Cat showed up. And on the one hand, I was like, man, I can't believe Garrett didn't get to see Alley Catch, you know, wrestle. On the other hand, what are the odds you were going to go two nights in a row to impact <laughs> with a baby? And if you'd pick the night, not with Alley Catch, but with Bobby Fish, imagine I... how deeply sad you would be if you'd use some of your time out of vows to see Bobby Fish. Yeah, obviously my brain would go, I'm going to go to the pay-per-view. I'm not going to the TV taping. Right. And the the big surprise is Bobby Fish. Like, what what world is that the best surprise you can get? Honestly, anytime a big surprise is coming an impact, I'm usually ready for it to not be the best surprise. Like, it can be a fun surprise. But Bobby Fish, that, God, what a good week for that guy. I mean... Bobby Fish showing up isn't usually even the biggest surprise at, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's nephew's bar mitzvah. <laughs> Not even the best surprise at fucking Denny's after a show. <laughs> the only surprise is, is that he's not the one bussing the tables. <laughs> why is that bus boy so fit? And why does he have such just perfectly groomed facial hair? <laughs> Why does he keep grumbling <laughs> about the CM Punk guy? I would never say any of this to his face. Oh, I would. With the I know you would. Out, I would. <laughs> well, here, here's, here's what I think, though. What makes me really sad about the fact that Bobby Fish decided to sign with Impact. If, well, he hasn't signed, by the way. He he is he's just signed for a number of appearances that just go to the next pay per view. Apparently, he has not actually signed a contract. He okay. bought a GA ticket to the show and they threw him in the ring. <laughs> in fact, he doesn't have the production staff to cut off the Camerons. <laughs> oh, well, maybe if he didn't sign a long term, maybe this because I my here is my concern: if Bobby Fish has signed with Impact. That means control your narratives totally dead. Because, man, what a pickup that would have been for them. Oh, my you know, God. You, you lose a Braun Strowman. You gain a Bobby, <laughs> a Bobby Fish who's ready to control his narrative. Oh, wow. He's got a lot to say. And ready to control the narrative of all those kids out there. Oh, They're getting abducted. Just, Where man. did I see EC3 just show up? Was that NWA or Impact? He just showed I up think, somewhere. I think he did. I think he did some shots for the NWA recently. That, that sounds, sounds familiar. Right. Because I saw him on my YouTube homepage for something, so maybe it was an episode of Power. I just, I just, I'm so, we, we facts, I mean, that was so a sad moment when I had to X off on my calendar, control your narrative. Because, yeah, canceled, canceled, canceled. <laughs> That's, of course, of course, and it's the saddest thing for control your narrative to be, of course, which is to be canceled. Yeah, I mean, it's the cancel. It's the cancel culture. You know what caused it? This New York liberal cancel culture. Uh, I'm sure that's the reason. The those yeah, it's the New Yorkers that got the entire tour taken away. Exactly. You telling me that 
God damn. You could get an Appalachian Championship Wrestling versus Control Your Narrative. They're choosing not to. Come on. Come on, C- CYN people. Meet in the parking lot of that Buffalo Wild Wings like men. <laughs> put it, put it on fight. I'll pay 20 bucks right now. I'll pay two. I'll pay. You know what? I'll go 30. I can't promise others will join me at 30, but I personally will go 30. You main of if you main event with Beast Man versus EC3, but you promise me that EC3's promo goes no more than five minutes. Beast Man's can go 15. As long as he wants to go, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Fax. 30 bucks. 30 bucks and can uh, on that's 60, that's 60 right there. Fuck it. Let's go 90. I'm, I'm we got 90. Too. We got 90. Honestly, uh, I, I think for we'll, this we'll, price, we we'll can peer pressure Derek into it. We, we, should, we, should, we should book it. We get to, for 90 bucks. Yeah, we can get this match booked. I don't, I don't know if we have the money to make the cage in the parking lot, but um, well, we don't. We don't need to come up with the chairs. We can ask fans to bring their own. We've already covered. That's pretty standard. Okay. What if? Hear me out. If we're gonna do this at a restaurant parking lot, what do you think we we do this at a Big Papa Pump Shoney's? Ooh, go to Jordan. how are they not booking those wait a minute though garrett aren't you gonna get to see has that happened or are you not gonna go aren't you gonna get to see alberto del rio in a mexican restaurant uh that <laughs> that is towards the end of october oh, okay um, i mean it's not out of the question that also is thirty dollars uh i don't know if it's that's kind of honestly that's a little steep D- but does I mean, it come with like the chips and salsa like that's complimentary yeah yeah, okay. Here's a, here's my question: Could you book a show in the parking lot of that Mexican restaurant for the afternoon? <laughs> it's a huge parking lot. Honestly, there's plenty of there's plenty of space. See, there you go. It's a double header, and which makes me think. Of course, Jericho might show up there, which loops me back around. Did now now Chris? Did you watch uh, Rampage on TV? Obviously, you were there. I don't know if. I have not. I've not watched it on TV yet. I was there for all two and a half hours of the Rampage taping. Because in all seriousness, and we'll, we'll talk about that main event in a second, but in all seriousness, they've done jack squat with the Ring of Honor title, right, for the most part. So the Jericho thing has been worth it just for the jokes Jericho makes about being the most honorable man in wrestling and that he's going to rewrite the Code of Honor. And honestly... Some of the lines Jericho was getting off about Ring of Honor and how he's representing all of wrestling honor was kind of worth whatever Tony paid for Ring of Honor. All right. I, I'm, I'll, check, I'll check it out eventually, and that makes sense to me. That's the thing. I mean, I, I like Claudio. He was really doing nothing for me in that role. So yeah. if they think they've got something funny to do with Jericho, I'm not. I'm really not against that. Um, you know, and, and I think it is a good sign whether it's Hammerstein or if the rumors are true and maybe maybe they do keep trying to get like an extra hour somewhere that's not YouTube to do a Ring of Honor show. You know, Jericho showing up on week one as the champion, maybe something that could add a little juice to that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Because they got to start getting like, I just remembered we were talking about Dalton Castle before. I forgot he has the six man titles with the boys. Like, he does. We have two six man titles now. Like it's we gotta really start thinning the herd here if these are gonna continue to get defended on AEW TV. I agree. I agree. Um so Yeah, what, I th- sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you No, ask ask me. Ask away. Well, I was gonna say, what what do we think about Hangman, right? Um he he wins the battle royal. Um seems like they're 
that, that kind of definitively answered the Cincinnati show is going to be another one of these quote unquote big dynamites between now and the pay-per-view, which, which really seems to lock in MJF at the pay-per-view, right? Yeah. So we, we've got now what we're what two, three weeks away, I guess two weeks by the time people are listening to this away from hangman mocks in Cincinnati. Again, I, I don't like hangman's chances in that, but, but what, 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 what were the, the thoughts of the people in the building and what are your thoughts? I think people were stoked. I mean, I, my thought initially was that no way hangman wins this when they announced that this is going to be on a Tuesday dynamite, but I guess the idea is that we're loading up for that with that match. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm certainly in to see Mox versus hangman. And if that's, they're going to use that maybe to kick off some story with hangman. Um, Cause Mox and, the other thing is it seems like Mox is going to be doing some work and he's he's wrestling Juice Robinson this week, which is, yeah. was also good in the past. Like so. The vacation is totally canceled. Yeah, like we were talking a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, is he going to just lose to Danielson and then still go on a, a shorter? Nope, it looks like the vacation's totally gone. Renee is very disappointed. Moxley is very excited. Yeah, I would say, and I loved, I, was, I loved the main event with the two of them. Um, first of all, I don't know how clear this was on TV, but there was like one of the boom mics that was the, the couple of them, like the miking of the rings were in like the wrong place. And there was one spot where Danielson would throw chops and it sounded like gunshots. Mm. I don't know if that was clear on the um, on the TV broadcast, but there were just a couple points where the mic was, it was it was insane. He was hitting that man very, very hard. Well, again, I live near Newark, so I just kind of drown out the the sound of gunshots. So I don't gotcha. know if Garrett has any gotcha. thoughts. He heard that during the the main event on Dynamite. I did not get to see it. Oh, I I have been watching a child and getting peed on. Oh, sorry. Right. Also, I, I if anybody noticed that I just disappeared from the conversation for a couple minutes, I almost shit my pants while we were <laughs> sitting here talking. Unrelated. <laughs> Just completely unrelated just excited <laughs> all that bobby fish talk really got my, my juices flowing it really cleaned everything out of you it's so so let's talk about and by the way just overall we're not going to get beat for beat into it but holy shit the great muda like that was very stunning, that's stunning way, surprise the stunning great surprise. muda showed up on rampage I, I, that was one of the big pops just because i think people were so fucking surprised to see muda well, because like the lights went out and you're like, um, is it going to be like Miro or something? Are they doing a thing? And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> of course, it's Muda. Um, which, and I thought that match was great, too. Yeah, I mean, Julia, Julia Hart nearly died for us. I was not looking forward to that match. And it ended, and I was very disappointed when it opened Rampage. I'm like, they're opening with this? Um, but I, I was wrong. It, it was a very fun match. What happened? I'm enjoying this era of Sting. I'll just go ahead and say it. This has been a really good run for him. I love the jumping off of stuff era of Sting. Um, (laughs) But yeah, since I didn't see it, all I saw was that Julia Hart almost died. What happened? Uh, Well, they did basically a full like hardcore ECW style tag team match to open the show, right? With um, uh, Brody and and Buddy against against Sting and Darby. Uh, At that point, so Brody, Brody and Darby did a like basically like a, Darby was on Brody's back and they basically dove together off a stage onto a crash pad. It was insane. Um, And then, and so that left Buddy and and Sting. Sorry. And I don't know if you could see this in the arena, but they had the close-ups on the screen. Like 
it didn't look like a blade. It looked like Darby might have actually landed on his face and was like a full like it did not look like a blade job. It looked like someone who had been in an, an accident. I bet he yeah. loved that. Oh yeah. Fun times for him. Um but yes, yeah, so that left Buddy and Sting. Sting sort of like Sting was sort of like tied up. Um handcuffed. Handcuffed. Yeah. And uh lights go down. Muda Muda comes out. Sting sort of wriggles free. Muda mists Buddy. You're wrong. Bu- I, 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 oh, sorry. Maybe you got to... Story. Sting just all of a sudden gets stinger strength and breaks the <laughs> chain link. That is what happens. After Muda um, kind of goes by Buddy, then he kind of like lines up Sting. Then he turns back around to line up Buddy being like, no, if anyone takes out Sting, it's going to be me. And that's when Sting breaks out the thing. Muda sprays him in the face with the mist. Scorpion death drop. Buddy, Buddy's out one, two, three. And apparently out of AEW, at least for a little while, he's apparently uh, going the way of Aleister Black and, and at least taking some time off. Unclear if he is going to come back to AEW or, or if this was his swan song in AEW. To think about what he did, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and somewhat somewhere in there, Julia Hart got bumped off an apron through a table. And- oh, yeah. Because there was there was tons of tables, there was check off table stuff, and basically, yeah, she took that bump and really didn't land on a table. She did not land on a table, and yes, was only sort of overshot it, hit the floor. Yeah, yeah she yeah, kind of caught, caught the graze the table, but yeah, she like head. And I think that's the only reason she didn't have a really significant injury is because she grazed the table. Oh, if wow. she didn't, if it, she, that little tiny bit of friction wasn't there, I mean, she would have been very badly hurt. Um, but that was a really good match. Uh, Phoenix versus Jungle Boy was quite good, although it went very long. I'm yeah. assuming that's the match that got cut to shit to get Rampage to two hours, or one of them. Uh, no, that match went to three commercial breaks on Rampage. Oh, okay. So I wonder what else they cut then. Actually, I'm curious, like what they cut down because again, Rampage lot. literally was two two hours and twenty minutes or so of of taping. They did seem to go. Um, they did seem to do a lot of picture in picture. Um, there was one match that seemed pretty obviously cut. Um, I'm trying to remember which match it would have been. Uh, but there was one match where it was pretty obvious, like they did a replay and they come back from the replay. And it's very clearly like time had passed. The Battle um, Royal? No, I don't think it was the Battle Royal. Eddie versus Sammy? I think it was Eddie versus Sammy. And that match wasn't crazy long, though. That was, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, maybe a little less. Um, I, I could have it wrong, but there was one match I remember. Maybe it was also the Jade match, but again, that didn't seem very long. No, that was like four minutes in it live. Although they might have cut a little bit out of there. There were a couple of weird moments in that. I think where they might Jade hurt herself. I think they just kind of cut a couple of minutes of everything. Because maybe. there definitely seemed like par- parts where they would go to... F- suspiciously go to full screen replays, which is not something they normally do where it's like, Oh, I feel like the only reason they did that is to clip the match. Okay. Yeah. So um, the main event was a lights out match, right? Right. Um, that was really not another, was... which was another match that just happened at the pay-per-view. Not that that's really the, the headline here, but yeah, it was after the battle Royal and, and everybody was just super excited for the lights out match after the battle Royal. Right, Chris. Oh yeah. Everyone went the fuck home. After the that literally, I I am visible on hard camera because after the battle royal, 
I was talking to uh, Andrew, a friend of ours, who does some uh, some stuff with Pro Wrestling Melee, and we were like, we just looked down and we're like, I think we can just walk to like second row off the floor, and there's literally no one there, so we should do that. So, but I'm you can well, kind of see me on hard cam. There was a question: Was that? I thought it was planned to be a lights out match from the beginning, but there are some saying they they decided to make it a lights out match when they saw the exodus of people. I that would have had to be too quick. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely saw a promotion for it listed as a lights out match before. That's what I thought too. But even lights out with the lights out on TV, it was very clear that even the lower bowl is very empty. So was it, was it kind of like, you know, you're at a show, the lights go out, they come back on stings in the crowd or in the ring. But this was more for uh, Ricky Starks, where lights go out, they come back on. Surprise! The whole crowd's gone. <laughs> this is the problem. It was it was twelve fifteen at this point. Yeah, I don't blame it on those guys, right? And and the match was actually pretty solid. I thought. Um, it's just again, I, I when I went last year, I I didn't didn't make it to the end. Our friend Tom didn't make it to the end of this one. Like, there's a lot of people that this is hour five of wrestling. And they have work in the morning or children or both. And it's just like, oh, and again, as much as we're saying it's a great venue for wrestling, it isn't really inconvenient place to get in and out of. Even if you live in Queens, it's a pain in the ass. So it's like, oh, if I leave now at 12, maybe I'll be home by two. I got to look. So literally what happened to me is so they they did have the express trains running out of like after that which they do after like baseball games and other events and stuff and that was great but i need to take a second train uh, to connecting from that one to get home and that train had a 30 minute wait oh. so i literally had to go <laughs> i had to go i did and my phone was dead um and it's at this point um again 1 15 in the morning i i had to go and hail a cab like I had not done in a very, very long time. I had to literally wave down a human in a car. And uh, thankfully, he knew where to take me home. And that got me home uh, just a little bit before. Maybe it was like one forty-five. Maybe. I don't know who in that transaction sounds like more of a pervert between you and the taxi driver. But it just sounds like an obscene thing that happened. I know. Yeah. And and you I paid, paid cash? Him, I spent the drive oh, cash. Paid him cash. What, what the hell? what what is this time machine interaction you had that's what the the lights out match it actually turned queens into 1978 (laughs) Uh, and then the whole drive you were telling like pretty soon i have to go uh come on the other side of this door which (laughs) this isn't going to make sense uh to any people are gonna be like why did he say that listen 10 minutes past the end of this yeah and then you see the guy that's going to come on the other side of the door and it's Mookie Bet. Uh, not Mookie Bet. Fuck, I fucked that up. Mookie Wilson. Like, what? For those who aren't aware, that's a baseball player from the 1980s. He played for the Mets. And I assume he just hung out in Queens in the late 70s. Totally. Yeah, Probably. he was just hanging around. Um, yeah. I gave the guy a nice tip. He said he, he said he knew where I, he said he knew my neighborhood because he really wants to like move there because has good schools for his kids. So I was like, oh, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you have a little blonde girl, don't you? I think I've seen her every day for the last year. <laughs> this is a picture of her, right? 
Does she ever wear boys clothes? Um, <laughs> was, that, was the cab driver Bobby Fish? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about it. and Other than us talking about our children, he did. He did say something about, about, about kickboxing. <laughs> fucking Phil. <laughs> fucking kickboxing. Kick him in the fucking throat. That's who, you know, I totally wasn't thinking. Yeah, he was talking about a guy named Phil a lot, too. He said he said if he could just get rid of Phil, then his kids could go to the right school again. Also, he said he, he said that um, his friend, his friend, uh, uh, Paul was going to get him a good job and then he could move to the neighborhood. <laughs> get him a really nice car. Right. Um well, I, you know, so I, I keep going back to AEW feels like they've been in this weird period since the pay-per-view for obvious reasons. So I'm hoping they'll grant them does kind of close the chapter. We seem to have some pretty clear storylines that we're going new. It sounds like things are going to really gear up towards the next pay-per-view and this, this kind of big Tuesday night dynamite they're doing in Cincinnati in a few weeks. Um, so I, because I, I definitely, for me, it was a period of reflection where I kind of reflected back that, that when you go to all out last year to grand slam last year, that was almost like the peak of AEW where it's like punk is here. Danielson's here. Adam Cole is here. I'm getting dream matches that I wanted to happen. And then it feels like if you look at here this year, all out through grand slam has been kind of about dysfunction. And hopefully we're now kind of through the other side of it. And luckily we've gotten some really great wrestling matches on both sides of that. But you know, you do need a little bit more than that to really kind of keep keep your dick as hard as it can be about this stuff. So I am I am bull. I think I'm more bullish now on AEW than than I was uh, at any point in the last couple of months. I think it's true, and I think there's a certain sense that AEW was feeling a little bit too crowded, and so the sense that look uh, again, we don't know exactly what's going on with Malachi and Buddy, but if those guys disappear for a while. We lose Punk. Let's even say maybe we lose the Elite for a few more months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of less worried in the sense that it feels like the show was a little bit more focused. I've, I think I mentioned I've been watching a lot of like random old stuff I, I found on a, a hard drive, and I was watching some like '96 WCW. Do you know like did you Nitro? Find, did you find that hard drive in the back of that cab? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. He said. Um, he said. He said this was good stuff. Um, and uh, we, a I sh- knowing wink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I promise this won't give your computer viruses. <laughs> yeah, keep that he away said, from any Chromebooks you get for any of your friends. He said there was a Canadian guy I should really watch out for, and <laughs> um, but <laughs> there's um, you know, you you go out, go back and, and watch those, even or even just look at the match listings. Flair and Savage and Hogan and Arn wrestle like every week right there's a focus on those shows and the stories with those guys build week to week because those guys are just there and they're focused on and so to me i do think there's a benefit to like if we're just going to focus on danielson jericho and mox and the acclaimed and some of these other guys i don't know i i wonder if the show is going to get better because it's going to be more focused and we're not going to have to go three weeks without seeing people i'm not going to have like miro who just like appears yells about God and then is not seen for another month. Well, unless Juice Robinson takes his spot or Bandito. 
I don't think Juice is coming back more than once. I don't. Uh, we no, need one Juice no. match, right? I need more Juice. I'm always a fan of the Juice. The Juventud Guerrero, right? Is who we're talking about? Of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and just I've just been. I just want to randomly throw this in. I've been watching a lot of CMLL on YouTube. Now, to be clear, they don't show the full matches for the most part. They do sometimes. I just find it enjoyable the the spectacle of of Arena Mexico and and all of it. So you just watch they they kind of break down each match into about a six or seven minute video, including entrances. Obviously, it's it's all six man tags, two out of three falls that always go to the third fall, uh, and it's just kind of like a highlight reel. When you watch a full lucha show, it can get a little boring, which I know seems weird because they're doing all these crazy shit. But it kind of gets very samey. I feel like. The distilled YouTube version is the perfect way to watch Lucha Libre. So just throwing that out there. Don't need any reactions. I mean, we're going down there, facts. Here's here's my pitch. I think we need to, whenever we get our tickets to Arena Mexico, we got to try to get hard cam. And I want people to be watching highlights of Lucha Libre on YouTube and seeing us holding up a sign that says CM Punk Fierce Tacos. <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it. And of course, I mean, we're we're going to be there for like three or four days. So of course we'll do the Friday night show arena, Mexico. We'll let listeners know when to look for it. But, but also we obviously need to check. And I've already, I've already followed it on Facebook to make sure that I'll be kept up to date of any events happening at Bandito's gym. Is it in Mexico city? It's outside. It's about a 45 minute drive. But again, if they're doing something worthwhile there, I think we'll, we'll make the trip. Bobby Fish will be picking us up <laughs> in a car at our hotel to drive us there um, for our meet and greet with um, just all all the various like canceled UK wrestlers who work in Mexico now. But when Bobby Fish picks you up, he's going to be dressed <laughs> like like the Guerreros were behind me. He's, but he's going to have like, <laughs> a fake mustache on. He's going to be wearing a sombrero. It's going to be very problematic. Um, also, I was looking up how you could, I want to be able to hear you at this show and I want you to stand out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I looked up how you could say beast man, beast man, husk, husk, husk <laughs> in Spanish. In Espanol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Muy bien. Um, mm-hmm. Cascara de hombre bestia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> it, that's why we will, we will find well, you there. We, we are going with one of my friends, Charlie who is a native Spanish speaker. Uh, you know, he, he was uh, from the Dominican Republic. So I often, with things like that, I usually go to him where I'm like, this is a bit of a mouthful, the literal translation. What do you think on the street you'd call Beast Man? So I'm going to get his <laughs> translation because he knows wrestling, and I feel like he can give, me the, give us the spirit of what that chant should be in Spanish. Right. Or, again, maybe we go to Bandito's gym first. We get... Our, our intel from our cab driver, Roberto Pesce. I mean, we, we are used to cab drivers break, breaking scoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is true. Oh, was that, was that, I, I, that went over my head. Was that Bobby Fish? and Yes, Roberto Pe- Pesce is it, fish it, in Spanish. Yeah, it took me a second to like go back to high school Spanish. And I was like, okay, I think I get it now. I'm not, I'm not a, be clear, not, a, not a, a fluent Spanish speaker. I couldn't tell that was that that came so so naturally for you. Mm-hmm. I have been I was trying to put IWTV on before we started this. Uh, 
I've tried to watch a couple circle sixes and absolutely not doing it for me, especially when they remove the death match completely. But I did notice because it seemed like IWTV was kind of treating circle six like their new toy. Like mm-hmm. this is a new thing we have. When I went on, it was not listed in the promotions anywhere. I couldn't oh, even find it in like the homepage. So I'm wondering if, uh, you know, IWTV found out I didn't like it very much and just took it away. It does feel though, like if, if GCW is the ECW of the era, circle six, may be the XPW. Mm. But the flip, yeah. right? Because, because obviously XPW was owned by Rob Black, porn monger. And the Slingshot House guy seems to really like Jesus. So it's sort of the flip. (laughs) But the same sort of thing where you're like, look, it's the guys we liked from that other thing in this weird kind of half-baked promotion. Yeah. And I mean, one of the last ones I watched, the main event was Bandito versus Kogar. It was fine. But like when you're doing these shows and not having a death match, I thought that the point of this Circle Six was... It kind of seemed like we are going to have the death matches that GCW took away from you. Right. And it looks like the storyline they're building towards now is Ricky Shane Page has left 440 and is kind of feuding with them. But Oh, he's left. Because I, I I knew there was something about him and Koger turning on each other or Ricky turning on, on Koger. Yeah. During the Bandito match, Ricky came in and interfered. So it was a no contest. Gotcha. Oh, that's how they got out of that one. <laughs> that's how they got out of that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, looking forward to the this weekend, we get to see some of the Japan GCW shows. We get to see two of those, I believe. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to so excited for June Kasai versus Effie. And I'm just going to be uh, paging through 96 Nitro. Great, great William Regal, Eddie Guerrero match. That was pretty mm. fun. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep watching. Um, six minute lucha libre videos the beautiful thing is they do like four three hour cards a week so they just keep them coming they just keep them coming i'll watch ultimo guerrero team with uh i don't know somebody barbario (laughs) cavernario exactly uh well do we have anything else guys oh i thought of something i do want to say this uh hardway heater has a couple new shirts out. So go to Hardway Heater's Instagram, Hardway underscore Heater, H-E-T-E-R. Uh, he's got a new design on a shirt. Looks very cool. Definitely picking one up myself. Um, at Gartet on Instagram, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. At Jimmy Thax on Twitter. At Chris Miggs on Instagram. Um, make fun of Bobby Fish. Have a good week. Uh, hit our goddamn music.
Oh no, I, I bought a Chromebook for about $150 almost a decade ago. Yeah. So the $100 Chromebook is probably like fully serviceable at this point. As long as he's not looking at pornography that's giving it viruses or like downloading questionable things. If you I mean, use it just for this. You can probably get a fair number of porn related viruses before it would impact the performance to the point he couldn't record a podcast. <laughs> right? Plus, also Chromebooks, you don't really download stuff to the hard drive, so he's not going to be getting torrents. Right. Porn. Normal streaming porn, very low risk. Right, I agree. Just skip to your normal Pornhub family of sites. Yeah. You'll be fine. No risk. Very little. But then he's going to be the guy, though, that uh, he's going to be like, you know what? What I want is only on X Hamster. Or X Hamster's good. Streaming. All of it's thumbzilla all of it what we got to do no no what you got to do is it's going to cost a little bit extra but it's worth it you're going to have to get the laptop shipped to you it's obviously cheaper just buy it directly on wherever <laughs> you have you, you, well no you have a blocker but then you 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 bookmark all of these porn sites <laughs> so that he has them already so he doesn't have to go digging deeper for other <laughs> porn you have to make it it's again, it's the way you reward users. I'm in user experience. This is my business. You have to you have to encourage the behaviors you want out of your user. You don't discourage the behaviors you want to avoid. Uh, you know, the thing is, I bet he normally only uses those sites. But being told, if somebody told me those were the only ones I could use, then that's where I'm going to be no, like, no, well, wait, what else you don't even, but No, no, wait. You don't even tell him. He just opens up double clicks Chrome and just there they are in the bookmark bar. Just these enticing links for porn sites. There's no way he says no. Even throw in a couple that are clearly spammy that are just like adult friend finder, you know? <laughs> Chatterbait. Exactly. Just to throw them off your trail. Ugh. I will yeah, say I just... a related story. Have, have either of you guys ever had to do anything where you have to jizz in a doctor's office to test some things out just in case they've never asked me to but <laughs> I, always, I always give them some in the pee cup just in case <laughs> no i have not so, so as we're older they're like hey you know just like check those things out like so, okay and uh you, you just <laughs> you just go into this room first of all a woman hands you like the cup and she goes behind a door and you go in another door. And and it really just struck me because basically she's like, look, whenever you're done, just come over, knock on the door and hand me this cup. And it just struck me that this woman just all day is just like getting handed jizz. And she's a nurse. She's a medical practitioner. Well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. She gets handed jizz. And between that, she's just waiting for guys to jizz. <laughs> yes. But relevant to this conversation more directly is that uh, I think we all have seen like TV versions of this where there's like magazines or something. They don't have that anymore. They've got a screen just like set to like a porn homepage, and mm. but like a touch screen. No, it's not a touch. It's like a touch pad to like I'm like, you know, lots up here in my head. I can I can get well, through and, this. And you got this supercomputer in your pocket, right? That, has that too, and it, you know. Because I, I have a feeling that the things they're gonna show me are, you know, X-rated, but not like triple X-rated. I need, 
I need something a little more disgusting to get me to finish in a doctor's office while somebody's heavy breathing on the other side <laughs> of that door. That's right. It's, it's, it's a high pressure situation. You really need to bust out your heavy, heavy artillery for this one. Did you have any, wait, so you have already done this. I did it. Yes. Okay. So did, did you feel like you had any, did you have to impress her? in your mind like did you want to not finish too fast <laughs> or too slow so you're like just trying to time this um well i would say you know it's it's literally like the unsexiest place in the world to do it so i was i was not thinking about the, how long because <laughs> it, no. it, it takes you a minute to get going when you're just sort of like just like sitting down in like a bright white room yeah <laughs> like I mean, also, what's guys. what's the cleanup situation like? Is there a sink there? Like, I think there, it was a sink. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, did you wash your hands afterwards? Because I know after I normally help myself to myself, I'm, I'm not usually washing my hands afterwards. So quick one. This one was a pretty clean one. So yeah, maybe it's a quick rinse. Yeah, I thought you're like I finished. Hands went straight into a communal bag of Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Just yeah, that being. I want you guys to know, though, my jizz are totes normal. Great, medically speaking. I don't know why we haven't been recording the last ten minutes. Oh, we have. Oh, we have. Just drop that in somewhere. Drop that in somewhere, Garrett. Yeah, just edit edit that entire like last. What I was saying, what Chris was saying, just pretty much all of it—the porn thing, the Derek stuff. Maybe (laughs) put that in just at the end. Literally, yeah, that'd be like a bonus track. On the, like, let's end this episode and then literally have 10 full minutes at the end of just this entire roller coaster we've been on together. This is how we tell Derek about our plan. We just leave it. <laughs> see what he thinks of it? Yeah. See. <laughs> That's true. It's like, you know, if you agree to do this with us once in a while, you can come to a larger screen than, than your phone once in a while. That's important. I mean, the, the best thing with the, the the porn screen and the phone, it's just too small. Yeah, and, and actually, you know what? In all honesty, if if he really wants to maximum screen size to jizz on, uh, I'm assuming he has a television, right? Sure. Right? But television... That seems a fair assumption. You can't record a podcast. You don't do video calls on television. Except for if you have a friend that maybe works for, I don't know, Facebook that literally has access and can get employee discounts to what's called a portal TV home device, which is essentially the meta equivalent of like a fire stick, but it also has a camera for you to do video messaging. Hate that. I hate, I would hate thinking that my TV could see me. Yeah. I, I mean, you're you, you, but, but again, let's go back to in, Almost all scenarios, whether it's your TV, unless it's your TV today, your primary masturbation assistant device assuredly can be watching you at any moment. Yeah, but the thing with my TV is, like, my couch is pretty far from my TV. My The TV is going to get a full body view. Like, if the, what my phone sees is essentially this. Just spasming. <laughs> Just that. And it just sees more intense breathing and then just a lot of jerking movement. Well, it's like, have you ever gotten any of those scam emails that are like, hello, Garrett, 
I am whoever from whatever country. I have captured video of you pleasuring yourself. <laughs> and if you if you don't send me a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, like this is going on the internet. And my thought is like my phone doesn't see my penis. Like I'm always like it's right in my face. I, I no no I don't even think that. I even go ahead and like let's say this is real. I've seen the the level of how what the turnover rate for new pornography on the internet is. They are just keep printing new 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 content. I, I don't think that my uh, uh, is going to get any traction. Put it out there. Put it on the front page of 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 Thumbzilla right next to the best of Mia Khalifa and tell me how many clicks it's getting. It's it's so downvoted off the internet history within seconds. The thing is it's not popular on the sites you go to. The ones you visit. There are that you know, I promise you there is a site that none of us have visited that we're all very popular on. <laughs> Probably. Probably. It definitely is catering to men. Uh, probably. No, you it's know, I'm it's catering to pe- either men or just people in general that look like they would be an extra in a Rob Zombie or Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> any of those, any of those like sideshow people or just Boston people. <laughs> oh, Boston. This is the uh, this is the Patreon extras. <laughs> this is what gets left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Too hot for podcasts. Too hot. <laughs> Too hot for iHeartRadio. <laughs> oh. 